0: Well, uh, I want you to see a few things this evening, and we won't be long, I hope, but uh, <laughs> Hannah had an assignment, but she was unable to fulfill that assignment. She, it just seemed an impossibility, and and uh, she needed to find out how to do it. You and I have a, a responsibility, an assignment. Our assignment is to evangelize this world. Now, don't think that that's just the work of the missionary. Go and teach all nations and baptize them and, and uh, establish them in churches. That, of course, it's for the missionary, but it's for the church, I believe, and that's you and I. And so that's our assignment. Now, you may not be able to go personally, I don't know, I don't worry about age so much. Some of our best missionaries, I think, that have gone through our school, and they're not a lot of them, but they've been over 60 years old when they came to BBTI, and they're on the field. I could think of three of them right now that are... Uh, one, he, last time I saw him, he said, "Brother X, you won't see me again this side of heaven." He's well over seventy years old, over in Papua New Guinea, just having the time of his life with teaching and training yeah. uh, preachers to go out and start churches, and the, oh, yeah. it, it's just amazing what what uh, God is using him to do in his and he and his wife. So, Amen. Hannah had a priority. Let's look at chapter. 1 and verse 1 and 2. It says, now there was a man, a certain man of Ramathim uh, Zophim of Mount Ephraim and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, uh, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraithite. And he had two wives. Now guys, that's not a good idea. Uh, the name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. So Hannah's priority was to have children. She, she wanted children. That was the, the thing that she uh, wanted to do. Now, she had the capacity. She had the ability. She had physically and emotionally she had a husband, and she had a strong desire, but there was a problem. Now, we know later that the, Bi- the Bible says that, that God had shut up her womb, and she didn't understand that, I'm sure, but uh, God was... was uh, he was gonna give her children, but not right away, amen? And uh, so she, why do you suppose she wanted children? Well, first of all, for herself. I'll never forget. It's been many years ago now, but I came home from work and my wife was crying. I didn't think too much of it. I, I thought brides cried every day for the first year. My wife did. I was not a. I was. I didn't realize it, but I was probably a jerk as a husband. And and, and I'm. Not, I'm a little better now, I hope. But but uh, I said, "What's the matter?" And she says. I want to have a baby." <laughs> and, okay, well, uh, I think that can be arranged, amen. <laughs> and uh, that, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I don't, uh, I mean, I want to have children, of course, but I, I'm glad I'm not, I'm glad I wasn't born a woman, amen. <laughs> uh, Uh, And, uh, but I thank God for women, (laughs) but uh, you know, not that I understand them, but so, but she wanted children for herself and that's, that's not wrong, but it's somewhat of a selfish desire. She wanted children for her husband. Now that's of course not wrong either, but it's still not necessarily a spiritual desire. I think she wanted children because of the society she lived in because it was expected that, that women would have children. They, they had to do their part, and, and that's, uh, that's very true today. And, you know, there are societies that are shrinking, if you can imagine that, because women aren't having children. And if, if it were not for uh, immig- immigrants coming into a country... Their population would dwindle down to to very little because they're they're either aborting their children or they're just not having children and and our country is is kind of the same way but um, but she she wanted to do her part as a as a good Hebrew woman. You know uh, a lot of what we do is dictated by by others. you know what we we do what is expected of us, amen? And, and we just, that's just uh, the way it is. But what should the priority of a Christian be? I believe our priority ought to be the priority of the Lord Jesus. Yes. Isn't, doesn't that uh, uh, make sense? Yeah. You know, uh, the, I like this theme, a mind for missions. What did Paul say about our mind we should have the same mind as Christ, Amen. Philippians two five, I believe. Let this mind be in you. I believe the the mission field is on the mind and on the heart of our Lord Jesus. And and so, if we had that priority, and we wanted to give to even of our finances to to help do what Jesus wants to do, don't you think he would get involved? It's not just uh, us by ourselves. And so, uh, you know, a slave doesn't have the right to his own priorities. And that's what we are, really. We're bought with a price, the Bible tells us. And so our priority ought to be the priority of Jesus Christ. Um, And of course... His priority is the glory of God. The Father is glorified when people come to to know His Son. I can't understand this doctrine that would think that God would be be pleased and glorified with just a few, very few people in this world being saved and the rest being damned. I don't believe that stuff. I think it's wicked. The Bible says in, in uh, Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, this is, a, is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have how many men? All, All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. God is a God of knowledge. Why would he want people to live in ignorance? God is a God of light. Why would he want people to live in darkness how could that glorify God God is a God of truth how could he be glorified by people believing a lie and so this idea that that God doesn't want to save everybody it's totally contrary to what the Bible says to begin with I wouldn't uh, mention the name of this doctrine but it It's kind of named after a a bully, a bigot. From well, he's born in France, I guess. He lived in Switzerland. His name was John Kelvin. Well, that's what I don't. It's not how it was in his. It was uh, I don't know what what it was in French, but the Bible says that God is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. and, uh, but God is long suffering to us we're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance that's the priority of God God is glorified when someone turns from idols and turns to the true and living God that glorifies God <coughs> is this for me preacher thank you and so I yeah, Our priority ought to be the priority of Jesus Christ. He showed his priority at Calvary. Amen? And he told us to go, therefore, and teach all nations, all the the people of the the Gentile world. And uh, I believe it's time for us to line up our priorities with the priorities of Jesus. And your... Priority is reflected in your involvement in missions. I I love the faith promise principle because it allows each one of us to get involved. There are churches that they'll give a a little portion of their income to missions, maybe 8 or 10%. I don't want to be critical. Thank God they're doing something. But uh, a friend of mine was preaching in one of these churches, and the pastor wanted to introduce faith promise. And he asked the people, "How much do you give? How much do you give to missions?" They said, "We give ten percent." He said, "No. How much do you give to missions?" Well, we give ten percent. The church would take ten percent. He said, you don't, "You're not giving anything to missions. You would be giving your tithe, whether it was spent to, on missions or whatever." So you're not personally involved. And I think we need to get personally involved. It's a blessing. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So Hannah wanted to do her part. But let's look at Hannah's problem there in in verse 2. It says the last part, uh, but Hannah had no children. That was her problem. Elkanah was not the problem, that's obvious. And, uh, you know, our involvement in missions, or lack of it, might be a problem. Um, she couldn't blame anyone else. She couldn't blame her her wife-in-law, Penina. Penina, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know... The fact that others don't get involved doesn't excuse us, right. because we know better. Yeah. Amen. You know, you probably know some uh, Christians, maybe in other churches, other places in the workplace, and they may be totally uninvolved in giving to missions. And they may they may think you'd be crazy to to give to missions. Why do that? Why you know let let those people alone. just they're okay. They're not okay. That's right. And they won't be okay. Yes. <clears throat> so I don't think there's any justification for us not being involved. I learned about Faith Promise in early in 1970. And uh, <clears throat> I was going to Bible college. I just started and we're driving 50 miles there and back to, to go to college and And uh, I I was trying to make a living as a barber, and what were men doing back in 1970 with their hair? (laughs) Probably, well, Brother Matthews was just a kid, but he probably had hair down to his shoulders. (laughs) They were boycotting the barber. A lot of them were. And so I'm only working just, oh, I might get there at 1 or 1.30, worked till 6 all day on Saturday but man it was difficult i uh i had school bills i had gasoline to to buy put in my car and and i had rent had to pay rent and and uh you know and i was challenged to give and <clears throat> brother uh, charles Keane, do you know charles Keene? great pastor with a heart for missions he was teaching about faith promise and <clears throat> And the Lord laid on my heart to give $5 a week. And I would I would uh, purposely set aside the tips that, that was were, were given to me. And probably, I would say maybe, probably six or eight men would not give tips. I mean, for every one that did. And a tip was 25 cents. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever got a dollar. Uh, some guys gave me a tip. They said why don't you be a why don't you go do something else you know <laughs> but uh, but you know what i'm saying is it was difficult and uh, i didn't know how i was going to do it but but god provided the way i would do it back then is i would give it when god provided it and there might be a week or so that i didn't have it to give but the lord would always make it up brother King told me separately now I don't think he told everybody this. I felt privileged, but he said, Rex, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, whatever you promise to give, if God does not provide that at the end of the year, you call me and let me know how much uh, God didn't provide, and I'll give it to you. Well, later, years later, I was thinking about that, and I just got this little naughty streak in me. I wish I would have called him and said, Brother Keene. You remember what you said? You know, the Lord provided all but about $400. Just <laughs> I would have told him the truth sooner or later, but, but I, it's too late to do that now. I remember I'd go and cut a man's hair. He was an invalid and couldn't leave the house. And his dear wife, they loved the Lord uh, with all their heart. They were such a blessing to me. And, and I didn't want a penny for what I was doing. But I would get done, and Mrs. Hovatter was her name, and she, she'd say, now, Rex, you sit down right here, and I'll be right back, and she would hobble into the other room and come back with her purse. She'd get out her checkbook, and I'd say, now, Mrs. Hovatter, I don't want you to give me anything for this. I'm just glad to, to do it. She said, no, nope, I'm going to do it, and she was just living on Social Security, and, uh, but she would write out a check for $20. That was a whole month's worth of faith promise. And to me, it was like it was sacred. I couldn't spend that on myself. It was, it was just special, like the water from the well of Bethlehem when David's men risked their life to get that water and brought it to him. He said, I can't drink this. This is the blood of of these men, it's, that's a figurative, it wasn't really blood, it was water, but he said, this is too sacred and he would pour it out as an offering to God. But God provided and we went to Columbia, South America with about $500 support on a good month. and it was not enough and we you know by all standards we should have had a lot more. But my wife and I both went to language school. We we had to pay rent. We had to pay someone to watch our our daughters, and uh, it was it was tight. I'm not. But but every every week I, or every I guess I would do it by the month. I would write out a check for my tithe and my faith promise and send it back to to our church in Michigan. And and uh, I, I'm not bragging. I'm just I'm just saying God provided. Hey. And down through the years, uh, God has, has provided. So our problem is about 8 billion people in this world, and uh, billions of them have never heard the gospel. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's a, a billion Muslims in the world. And there, I don't know how many Buddhists, probably an, at least a few billion. I mean, you look at China, Japan. Uh, Vietnam, Laos, uh, Cambodia, Thailand, Bhutan—all these countries, Buddhist. The Hindus in India—it's amazing. That, uh, I mean, India—that little country has about 1.3 billion people in that in that one country. Uh, Hindus and a lot of hundreds of thousands of Muslims in India. So I mean, it's just staggering. The the number of people that are, are there, and that's our assignment. How are we going to, to do uh, how are we going to do our assignment? So that's our problem. The Bible says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the, their, their eyes, lest the light of the glorious gospel would shine unto them. God wants the gospel to shine unto them. And he's given us the assignment, you and I. Well, <clears throat> Hannah had some provocation. Verse 6 says that, uh, And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Now, Penina was not a nice woman. I mean, how do you be nice to your wife-in-law? Yeah, I mean, how, how do you get along with her? Um, well, one of, we worked with the Zapotec Indians in, uh, in uh, southern Mexico, and uh, one of the men that we heard about, I don't know who it was, but he brought in another wife, or uh, I don't know if they weren't legally married, but uh, one, a lady or somebody asked one of the women, said, well, what do you feel about this? And she says, well, it's... Kind of nice to have somebody to talk to, you know. <laughs> uh, they probably, probably didn't have a real good marriage. But, but, you know, God was using Penina to provoke uh, Hannah. And uh, God was, was, was working on Hannah using Penina, even though she was, was bad in what she was doing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 24. Now, you know what Hebrews 10, 25 says. It says, go to church when it's church time. That's what it says. That's the, that's the, that's the new version. It says, you know, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But why are we supposed to do that? Verse 24 says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We come to church not just for what we can get, but we come to provoke others to to uh, love and good works. Now, I use part of that verse, you know, I provoke others, but not necessarily to good works. But, you know, I remember a couple, three weeks ago or so, maybe a little longer, I... Boy, it was a Wednesday night and I felt terrible. My back hurt, and I'd been coughing for two months, and and it was, I and it was dark and cold, and we got to church and and the assistant pastor was, or one of the preachers there was was preaching that evening, and he was trying to be real happy and get everybody excited. Aren't you glad to be here? Did you come looking for a blessing? Now I kept my mouth shut, but I want to say. No, I'm just here because I have to be. (laughs) It's expected. We have church. I'm supposed to be here, and (laughs) I don't know if I got a blessing or not. But but, you know, I hope it's not always like that. Sure, But you know, we we need to. If I'm not there, I suppose there's somebody going to look around and may see my wife by herself and say, "Where's Rex? Oh, he's home. You know, he didn't." He didn't feel good. I would have felt just as bad at home. So, uh, so, <clears throat> so you know, there are, there are churches that I think can provoke us in this area of missions. Uh, I know a pastor. I met him a couple years ago. The pastor's a very large church, and I was with him for a few days. He was the main speaker in this conference, and I really grew to, to love and to respect that man. He says that he, I know he tithes, probably gives 20% just, just to his church. I don't know, but I'm sure he pays at least 10%. I mean, you, what kind of Christian would you be if you didn't give at least that much? Yeah. And he said he gives 60% of his salary every week to missions. He has eight kids and a wife. And he gives 60%. I thought I was doing pretty good. You know, and, uh, it's just, uh, you know, that provokes me. It shows me that, that God can, can do great things with people if they're willing. <clears throat> There's a, a church real close to BBTI. Brother Chris and Bonnie would, would know about it down in Decatur. They, their congregation may be a little bigger than this, this group, but they're not, they're not a big church by any means. They have a, a, probably and, at least 115, maybe 120 missionaries, and they, they support each one at $80 a month. I'm one of them, thank goodness. For that. But I, that provokes me. That, that shows me a church can do that. A BBTI student, was out in on you know getting meetings here and there and he was at a church somewhere and I think it was in Tennessee but I'm not sure. I wish I would have got the name of the church. But it was a small church. But when the pastor told him what they gave to missions, it was absolutely astronomical. It was the 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 missionary he said well you must have some really rich people in your church. The pastor said we don't have any rich people. He said, but most of our members give at least 50% of their salary to missions. You know, they, that sounds like a priority to me, amen? So, you know, I think we need to provoke one another to love and good works. We need to, not, not in a bad way, but we need to be an example, an encouragement when someone says, "Well, you know i can't I can't give to missions, uh, what are they saying? The pastor hit on it earlier uh, they're saying, Well, i can't get anything from God. God won't give it to me so I can give i don't think they understand faith promise giving so let's look at verse ten <clears throat> And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. We see Hannah's prayer. You know, she finally, she got serious about her problem and she took her problem to God. She said, God, I don't have any children. I want a child. Uh, I'm sure she had prayed a thousand times to, you know, to, to pray for children. Uh, you know, you ask God to, uh, for what you need. We, we ask God for things, and, and God blesses. But, you know, uh, we ask for what we want, what God can give to us. We need to ask what God will give through us. Yeah. Amen? You know, if, if I had a, a need, I probably wouldn't say anything about it. I probably wouldn't ask you to help me. But if I looked over there and I saw a family that were going hungry or, or somebody that had a great need, I could go to Brother Larson. i say, now, Brother Larson, I'm going to give some, something to help them. Would, would, you, would you give some and I'll, I'll, I promise I'll get it to them. But what about you? Would, would you help me? I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem asking for somebody else. And that's what we're doing, really. Because we have this assignment to, we have the assignment to reach Vietnam. How are we going to do that? Anybody want to go to Vietnam besides these three here? Don't worry, maybe they don't want to either. I don't but uh, some of you have been there, amen, brother. But, uh, you know, they, they are, we have, you have deputized them. You have assigned them to go there in your place to carry on business for you over there. The same business you carry on here. They're your representatives, your, your deputies. And uh, so that's what it's all about. <clears throat> so, uh, Hannah's prayer. Well, her prayer was a little different this time. Look at verse 11. We'll see Hannah's promise. And she said, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and forget, uh, not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a male child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Something has changed. She's not only praying, she's not only asking for herself, now she's asking for the Lord. She wants a child, and she's she made a promise. Lord, if you give me that child, I'll give him back to you. You know, Hannah she probably could look around and see the situation. There was an old priest that, he wasn't a bad guy, but he was old and he was complacent. And he had two sons named Hophni and Phinehas. You remember about them? You can read more detail about them in chapter 2. But these men were bullies. They were extortionists. They were whoremongers. They were... They knew not the Lord, and here they are the spiritual leaders. And I suppose everyone was saying, you know, this is bad. This is not right. This is not good. Somebody ought to do something about this. Someone ought to, uh, we, need, we need a priest who will be a man of God. You know, that's what the world has uh, for spiritual leaders, They have people who don't know the Lord, and the multitudes are looking to these these people. They could be a Pope, they could be a a Iman or whatever you call those guys. They could be a a, some kind of a monk or a, a preacher or or whatever. But they're they're looking to these men or women to lead them, and these people are are wicked. And they they don't know the Lord. They don't know the truth. They don't know the way. And they're blind leading the blind. We know the way, amen? So now, uh, Hannah has made a promise. Now it's up to God. (laughs) She's she's put it in his court, so to speak. And uh, is God big enough to answer her prayer? And to provide what she has promised. Something has changed now. Amen. Yes. Um, is he big enough to provide your faith promise? Yes. A couple years ago at our church, we, we had a mission conference. And, and I'm ashamed to say this, but I don't know if it's just our town or our church. But mission accompli- com- uh, conferences are not well attended. The pastor will beg people to be there, and most, all of them don't. You look around, and we got missionaries. We have visitors. Where are the people? I mean, they give uh, at least some, but it's um, I, Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this, but uh, you don't know where I go to church. So, <laughs> so no. But, uh, but you know, on Sunday morning they gave out the faith promise cards and. And one lady, I heard her say this, and, and uh, she says, "What's this?" Well, she hadn't been there all week, and they said, "Well, this is uh, for your mission offering for next year." She says, "Oh, she says this isn't for me." She said, "I'm on a fixed income." I thought, "Lady, uh, sister, this this is for you." <laughs> uh, but but, am I going to let that discourage me from giving? She's the one that is missing the blessing and so many others. And, and I think so many people are just given a little tip. Oh, you know, we give a little bit of missions. We give a little bit to the church. Alexander Duff, who was a missionary, to, I believe, to India, he said, we are playing at missions. And I think a lot of times that's what we're doing. So then in verse uh, 17 and 18, we see Hannah's peace. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee the petition that thou hast asked of him. Yes. And, she, uh, and she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the, uh, the woman went her way and did eat? She hadn't been eating. She was so upset, so sad. She wasn't eating, and her countenance was no more sad. Now, I, let me ask you: Did she have a? Did she have a child? No, she didn't. But she had a she had a promise. Amen. She she had confidence. Now, I don't quite understand it, but Eli, as his position as priest. He had the authority, I guess, to tell her, God is going to answer your prayer. And I believe we could tell you that as preachers. We could say, God will answer your prayer about your faith promise. Pray about it. Amen. I like it when a pastor will give out the faith promise cards early in the conference and encourage people to pray about it. You don't just come in and, oh, I'll get the card. Oh, I'll just put down a number and. That's, that's not exactly faith, I think. So Hannah had peace that, uh, because she had made this promise. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then in verse 19, we'll call this Hannah's practice. And uh, they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Okay? Everything looks the same. She's got the same house. She has the same husband, the same relationship. But the situation may look the same, but it's not the same after the faith promise. You know, you may have the same job, you may have the same financial obligations, Uh, your expenses are more, thanks to our government uh, giving away everything and, uh, you know, but what what was different for Hannah now? The Lord got involved, amen? And I believe the Lord will get involved for us. He will bless our change in priority. He will bless our promise. Uh, he will give us peace, and I b- believe He will provide what we promise. It's not for us. It's not even for our church. I mean, it's it's good to give for your church, but you benefit. You have cooling or you have uh, cooling in the summer and heat in the winter. You have nice pews to sit on. You. You you have a preacher and you have a, you it's it's you know it's really nice and but you know it's a little bit selfish but what you give to missions doesn't really help you in a physical way here so then finally I'll close with this verse 24 we'll see Hannah's performance and when uh, she had weaned weaned him. I was preaching this from this passage in Mexico City many, many years ago, and the word for wean in Spanish is, I believe, it's destetado. But I didn't say destetado. I said I think I said destesado, a little bit different. Nobody said a word. Of course, they knew what the Scripture said, and. uh, Two years later, they laughed about it for two years, and then they told me when I went to visit again what I had done. They they said the word I used is a, and I didn't even know the word. It just came out. But they said it's a word that means to chop something up, like you chop up stew meat. Or vegetables. And, and they said it was funny when I said Hannah was going to chop up her son. But they said it was really funny when Elkanah said, Yeah, that's a good idea. You do that. <laughs> so, oh, the, the mistakes we make. Are, but, uh, but she took him with her with three bullocks. I was thinking about that the other day. That's quite an offering. Yeah, yeah. Three bullocks. And uh, and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine, and she brought them unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young, so she performed her promise. God provided, and she gave it. You know, we will be tempted to, when hard times come, or we may be tempted to keep that faith promise. To ourselves. Don't you think Hannah might have been a little bit uh, reluctant to give her son? I mean, she'd waited so long, now she has that child. He might have been, what, three, four years old, five? I don't know. But he was, I mean, she she loved him and enjoyed having him, and now she's going to give him to the Lord. She's going to perform her promise. Now, therefore, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8, 11, Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. And, and that's talking specifically about giving and offering for others. Uh, Paul said, okay, you've made your promise. You've, uh, you, God has provided, now perform the doing of it. Well, Hannah did not give. I mean, Hannah did. She didn't really give her son to the Lord. She loaned him to the Lord. In fact, I think it, it says that to this. I've loaned this child to the Lord. <clears throat> Proverbs seven or nineteen seventeen. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that <clears throat> which he hath given will he pay him again? And by the way, God pays with interest. Yeah. Amen. What was the interest on the loan that God gave to, I mean, Hannah gave to God? Uh, she told Eli, and, and Eli blessed the, uh, Elkanah and his wife, and she said, the Lord, uh, he said, the Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent unto the Lord. And they went unto their home. So it was Eli that said, you have loaned this child to the Lord. She didn't lose him. She loaned him. And uh, so Hannah went without children, right? Well, keep reading, amen. Uh, God gave Hannah uh, one child, and she gave back to, to the Lord. And then Hannah gave her, what, five more? And the Lord visited Hannah, that's chapter 2 and verse 21, so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. <clears throat> so your pastor was talking about your faith promise ought to grow every year. I, mine has I don't give just $5 a week. I give 7 now, amen? No, <laughs> no I, I, I don't want to tell you what I give. I'm, but, uh, but I'll tell you, it's a lot more. But, but my faith is, is, is larger than it was back then. I've seen, for over 50 years, I've seen God do it. Yeah. You say, Brother X, I'm just not sure about this. Well, if you won't take my word for it, try it. Yeah. Try it for three or four years. If God doesn't bless, then, then uh, well, anyhow, her faith, her faith promise grew a little bit every year. The Bible says, moreover, uh, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year, when she came with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. So that faith promise grew every year. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, I'm sure you've uh, heard that illustration before, but but maybe it'll help you and remind you that uh, we have that assignment. We have a problem. I mean, we don't have what we really need, but God does. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the example of Hannah. Thank you for the example of the Church of Macedonia. Lord, and thank you for the testimony of thousands of, of uh, your people who have given to send the gospel around the world. Lord, let us be involved, and let us be involved more and more. We pray in Jesus' name.